Welcome everyone to the NASP Principal Podcast. Uh, my name is Liz Garden. I am a current principal uh, in Massachusetts at the Henry P. Clough Elementary School. Um, and I'm excited to be one of the new fellows for the Center for Innovative Leadership. Um, we're very excited to kick off this podcast series um, as new fellows. And I'm going to turn it over to my partner here. Hi, everybody. Scott McLeod. I'm a professor of educational leadership at the University of Colorado, Denver. I'm the other new fellow for the Center for Innovative Leadership for NAESP. It is my great pleasure to introduce our guest today. We have Dr. Linda Darling-Hammond. Uh, she is one of the absolute premier education scholars of our time. She's a professor emeritus at Stanford. She's the founding president of the Learning Policy Institute. She's the past president of American Educational Research Association. She's authored a bazillion books, which occupy numerous places of pride on my bookshelf, um, including one of my absolute all-time favorites, uh, Next Generation Assessment, Moving Beyond the Bubble Test to Support 21st Century Learning. I had the opportunity to be in the same room with Linda a few years back and was total fanboying it the whole time. It's an absolute pleasure to have her with us. Uh, Linda, we don't have a lot of time together, so we're just going to dive right in. You've got this new report. Uh, the Wallace Foundation and the Learning Policy Institute, LPI, joined forces to look at the impact of uh, pretty specific learning opportunities on effective principal leadership. Um, your new report is called Developing Effective Principles, What Kind of Learning Matters, What Are the Key Learning Experiences, and How Do They Contribute to Effective Leadership That Improves Outcomes for School Leaders and the Teachers and Students that They Serve? so much, you know, for all of that wonderful introduction. It's great to be with both of you today, and I'm glad to talk about this import report. It's really, I think, an important one in the field at this point. We now know a lot, not only about how important principles are, and the fact that, you know, investing in principles and their knowledge and skills is one of the most um, both effective and economical investments, because it has such a huge impact on the school. We also know more about what kind of professional learning makes that difference. And what we found in this uh, very substantial review of the literature and some new research uh, is that it's not only what you get a chance to learn about, and it matters if principals have had the chance to learn about um, how to develop people, how to manage change, how to uh, meet the needs of diverse learners, uh, and, you know, how to uh, be instructional leaders, uh, that these things really do play out in ways that have strong effects on teacher retention, as well as student achievement. It matters how people get to learn. And we kind of know this as educators, that if you have the opportunity to be in a collaborative learning community, if you have the opportunity to be in a, in a cohort that's solving problems together, if you get mentoring or coaching, if you have a strong internship in your preparation program where you're learning under the wing of an expert uh, principal doing the work, uh, of a principal, uh, that all of those kinds of things make a huge difference. If you have a chance to apply what you're learning to real problems of practice, you learn more deeply. So, you know, all of these things showed up in the research findings, uh, and uh, it's both the what and the how. Uh, and we are making progress on getting people access in pre and in service education to those topic areas. But we're making less rapid progress in getting access to those powerful learning experiences that really bring it home and make it possible 
for folks to take this complex kind of understanding and bring it uh, alive and, and use it in practice. Mm. So, um, okay, next question I have, Linda, is um, learning opportunities vary across states, right? Um, we know it comes down to fiscal and human resources and the demographics of the communities within that state. Um, and really many communities, they lack access to these resources for both students and staff. Um, given the hugely important focus on equity in education, you know, how can state leaders ensure principal development programs are equitable and accessible for all school leaders? I think there's several um, stories here. Uh, part of it is the level of investment that states make. And again, it's the kind of investments they make in the right kind of professional development. And then, of course, the accessibility. What we found is that uh, there is dramatic differences across uh, there are dramatic differences across states and what's accessible and available to principals. Uh, we happen to have data, not only national data, which NAESP partnered with us on uh, securing through a survey, um, but also we had data from California and North Carolina from existing studies around the same time. And access to professional learning on an equitable basis was very high in California and quite low in North Carolina, where budget cuts had been going on for a period of time. Uh, and there wasn't an attempt to try to figure out how to make sure that there was uh, accessibility to rural principals, to principals in high need, high poverty schools, um, to the kinds of learning experiences that would benefit them and benefit the teachers and the students in those schools. Um, one of the things that many states have done to make these kinds of opportunities more available is to start state level leadership academies. California has, happens to have one of those. Uh, another way is by building the uh, kinds of learning experiences into standards for licensing and accrediting principal preparation programs uh, so that uh, we're sure that principals are getting certain kinds of learning on the way in through mentoring and internships, as well as through the right kinds of applied coursework. Um, so it's important that states have a holistic vision that they start with meaningful current standards, and the field has been very active uh, in developing standards that lean into the 21st century demands that are being made of principles, that those get adopted not only for licensure and accreditation of programs and uh, candidates, but also infused into induction programs, into professional learning programs, into appraisal systems. So there's a coherent approach to the learning that everyone has um, the experience of. And then furthermore, that they use things like state leadership academies to be sure that they're reaching uh, for free <laughs> uh, and with supports all of the uh, principals who need them. Uh, I will just speak to the fact that our new California Leadership Academy uh, actually has regional academies, and that's true in some other states as well, so that you have a common uh, conception and then lots of outreach to all of the parts of the state. Uh, and then, of course, uh, accessing as well partnerships with universities, county offices of education, and others. Uh, so it's important for states to think about the system, the standards, as well as the investments that really ensure that every principal has access to the skills that they need. I think principals are a little overlooked 
uh, or have been uh, in the ecosystem uh, because, you know, we talk a lot about uh, teachers and of course we should talk about teachers and worry about teacher shortages. And we, we of course, talk about students and what they deserve. But the fact that the principle is so key to enabling the conditions under which teachers can teach and will stay in the profession, which then heightens achievement, under which students have a climate that attracts them to come to school uh, and keeps them there, uh, that these things are so central um, means that we, as we bring awareness to the centrality of the principal's role, we should also be bringing awareness to the necessity of those kinds of systemic investments. Cool, thanks. Um, Linda, you know, I live on a day-to-day -day basis in the world of principal preparation uh, at my university, and goodness knows we have a whole bunch of states uh, that need to update sort of their leadership standards and leadership development practices, right? Um, and we seem to have some evidence that states that have done so, that we're seeing some real improvements in learning related to stronger pipelines, richer learning opportunities, targeted assessment, and so on. What recommendations do you have for schools or districts or maybe even states um, as you think about how they should implement the recommendations that you've outlined in the report and how to address some of the challenges that you articulate? Yeah, um, in the in the uh, book that um, uh, that we're talking about developing effective principles, what kind of learning matters, you can find the um, uh, PDF on the LPI website, we do talk about a number of states as examples uh, for what can be done. I just mentioned California. Another state is Illinois, which uh, adopted this, this set of standards um, that have been put forth by the professional associations uh, for principals, uh, infused it into all of those places, but also uh, built on the work that had been done in Chicago to create preparation programs and to invest in those programs that offered that kind of a, um, an internship uh, under the wing of expert principals, offered the kinds of coursework that were really addressing the needs of today's diverse students and um, the kind of challenges that principals face, and got very, very strong outcomes that were documented. So research is part of the answer here, uh, because they were able to document the greater effectiveness of the principals who had that training over a period of time. You could see the trajectory of improved achievement for students in schools led by those principals. You could trace it back to the kinds of preparation programs that they had. Uh, you could then um, uh, build out a state policy, which then reinforced that. So that's what they did in Illinois. They started uh, with evidence about the local successes, built it into a state policy structure, uh, which then uh, substantially changed the way in which principals experience coming into the profession. So we have to figure out where to start. Another thing we talk about in the report are pipeline programs where districts or regional areas can come together, uh, again, infuse those standards into hiring and evaluation and uh, professional development and pipeline programs with local universities, uh, and then do that ongoing training in a coherent way. Again, we have evidence of student achievement gains for principals who've had that experience. Uh, and then we can build on that, uh, both to help other communities adopt those kinds of strategies uh, and to get states to wake up and smell the coffee and also, you know, think about how to support that kind of work systemically. Um, 
And I think that, you know, uh, part of it is that a lot of what happens in education is piecemeal. It's like we do a little thing over here. The reforms, you know, are a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit somewhere else. Sometimes they come and they go. So the profession and the folks who are working on this in uh, policy positions need to think about the system as a whole uh, and be clear both about what the components are that all have to happen together uh, and then also document the strong outcomes that occur uh, so that we're spending our money in productive ways. We do a lot of things that are penny wise and pound foolish. Uh, you know, we're always having to spend resources on the the failures that can occur when we haven't invested in the front end in the people who uh, want to do this work uh, and need the knowledge and skills and supports to do it well. Thank you, Linda. So, um, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm in my 16th year as a principal and and that role has certainly changed over those years, but especially since the pandemic, we know um, how school leaders' um, jobs have changed. And this change looks different depending on the principal, depending on the unique needs of their school communities. Can you talk to us um, about the need for differentiation in professional learning experiences for principals, considering the diverse contexts and challenges that we all face? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's both the diversity in... Um, the roles that principals have in rural areas and urban areas as beginning principals, as experienced principals, you know, in states that are taking one or another policy approach. And the fact that, as you note, uh, the world is an ever-changing place at this point. So there's always a changing context for all of us. I mean, the rapidity of the changes that we're all experiencing have been kind of mind-blowing and very disruptive, you know, in the system. Um, so I do think that it's important for uh, principals to have uh, context-alike uh, circumstances within which to do this work. Professional learning communities that are built, networks of principals that are built can be incredibly important. You know, if you can work with and talk to people who are in roles like your own, experiencing the kind of constraints or opportunities that you experience, it's you know, and, and principals always talk about this when you when you find uh, opportunities to ask them about either the sort of coaching experiences they've had or the professional learning communities they've had a chance to be part of, how important it is to not be alone in this very challenging job, to have colleagues, you know, whom you can bounce ideas off of, uh, and also, you know, schools that are succeeding in ways that you'd like to learn. Uh, every school has strengths and every school has needs and figuring out how to make those opportunities available for people to visit and see and talk about and, and hold up. I think in public education these days, it's extremely important to hold up all the ways in which heroic educators are being successful uh, so that we can learn from those successes. Um, and those are often very contextualized. Um, one of the things that we found that was extremely interesting, too, was the critical importance, not only for high quality preparation coming into the profession, but professional development. We found that um, early career principals who had access to uh, frequent and professional development in the areas and in the ways that I described uh, basically leapfrogged in their effectiveness um, to be equivalent to more experienced pr uh, principals or close to being equivalent in the uh, effectiveness of their schools and their capacity to um, develop and retain teachers uh, by getting that 
early dose. So like really structuring opportunities for early career principals not to wash out because a lot of them come and go, but to really uh, have that support system and learning opportunity can have many, many um, particularly uh, important effects uh, on a retention of principals, uh, on the uh, success of their schools and so on. Uh, but everyone benefits. And, you know, the other thing we also learned is that when experienced principals have the opportunity to mentor other principals, they always say, you know, it was a great learning experience for me as well as a great opportunity to share my expertise. So figuring out how to match people up for that experience is also very important. We're seeing that many people are able to do virtual coaching now, uh, which means that, you know, we don't have to get in our cars and drive 200 miles in rural Colorado or wherever we might happen to be um, in order to be able to both benefit from the learning community, the coaching, or to be able to contribute to it. Absolutely. So, you know, it's always been tough to measure the impact of principal's practice on school and student success because there's always this intermediating factor of the teacher, right? And now what you're talking about is how do we measure the impact of principal development on student success and school success? So how do we assess or measure the impact of these development moves for principals on students in the schools that they serve? Well, we did one study as part of this overarching set of um, examinations where we were able, because we had a data set that did it, we had surveys of California principals that asked them very specific questions about their preparation and their professional learning, the topics, the methods, et cetera, what they'd experienced. And we could link that to the state database uh, to look at the uh, teachers in their schools. Uh, as well as the students in their schools, and then do the statistical controls for the teachers and the students' characteristics and other characteristics of the school, and then look at the extent to which their different answers with respect to their preparation and professional development were associated with these stronger outcomes. This is a giant database with many, many variables that allows for that. Um, and we were then able to see that specific development experiences really did have certain kinds of impacts, um, including, for example, you know, um, professional development in uh, meeting the needs of diverse learners uh, and in instructional leadership. And you could actually trace that forward and uh, the critical importance of internships and preparation programs, et cetera. Um, now, we don't, not everybody's going to have the opportunity to have those data sets and link them all up and be able to do that. So the other thing we need to be thinking about is that um, obviously you have to always be alert to the fact that people are in different contexts. It's not uh, appropriate to be comparing the outcomes in one place, which has certain kind of advantages or investments or uh, student affluence to that in, uh, uh, in another, which where the conditions are very different. Uh, but we can begin increasingly to measure things like school climate and improvements in school climate. There are a lot of places now that have school climate surveys uh, and some places uh, use um, the healthy kids type of survey that is used by many, many districts. So you can look at, and any principal can look at it for themselves, like how are we doing in helping teachers feel like they're supported, students feeling like they belong and that they're safe, uh, you know, the evidence about certain practices that may be available. Uh, we have a recent study at LPI about how students 
uh, opportunities to experience restorative practices uh, in which they are enabled to learn uh, how to be um, collaborative, how to resolve conflicts, and they're also able to be supported in particular ways by the staff are associated with achievement gains, with, you know, um, reductions of gaps in discipline and achievement, better mental health. Those kinds of things, I think, also matter a great deal because the principal's goal is uh, you know, to move the needle on the way in which school is experienced by children and teachers, who gets access to what. And so I think we should be looking at measures that are also informative to the school itself for its continuous improvement process and that help everyone uh, row in the boat together and do the best job they can do for kids. Wow. Okay. Um, I feel like I could talk to you all day, Linda. So, but I know we can't. <laughs> um, uh, maybe we can take that offline because I could just I could listen to you and I could talk to you um, because certainly um, you know creating and nurturing and growing school leaders is is like super important to me and I know to many of our um, listeners as well that this is you know we the future of education, I feel like depends on being able to um, create and grow and nurture um, future leaders. So, uh, you know, thank you to um, the Wallace Foundation and the Learning Policy Institute for, you know, one, for teaming up and for this really important work um, and the report that you've shared. And thank you for joining us today, Linda. Um, and this has been, I know it was quick, but um, just really informative and certainly like fuels me um, as a school leader. So I, I appreciate it. So thank you for joining. 